when I'm in a mask or not in a mask, what happens is I don't stay six feet away from people. I am leaning in and they're leaning in. And my observation is this, that people yearn for relationships. That makes sense. We have a relational God. People yearn for relationships and want to be close. And so I think this has been not just a year that's been hard on us for a lot of reasons. It's been hard on the world. This is a podcast that tells stories about what God is doing right now in the world. We focus on what is happening with, in, or through Christians. The Bible says in Psalm 107 verses 1 and 2, Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Has the Lord redeemed you? Then speak out. Tell others He has redeemed you from your enemies. I'm your host, Emma Moore. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome back to the Seeing God podcast. Today's interview is with my dad, Harry, but really quickly before we get into that, I just wanted to remind all of you that we are taking a break next month for the month of April, so we won't be releasing any new episodes in April. The reason for the break is that I'm having a baby, so we're going to take a little time off to let me adjust to that, hopefully. We are planning to get back to releasing episodes at the beginning of May, although I will be updating our social media and our website. So if anything changes, you guys will be able to see it there. If you don't already follow us on social media, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Seeing God Podcast or on Twitter at God Seeing. So check back there for the latest updates and let's get back to today's interview. We have had my mom on being interviewed. Obviously, she's hosted a variety of episodes, but I've interviewed her, which was really fun last year. And then I've actually talked a little bit about her health issues in a recent episode. And now we actually get to hear from my dad, who we've referenced briefly, but haven't directly heard from. And not sure exactly all that will come up in the conversation, but I'm really looking forward to hearing what he has to say about what God's been doing. So, Dad, welcome. Thanks, Ems. It's really nice to be here with you. I like our conversations, and and now it'll be a more public one. (laughs) That's true. So, you know, obviously, a good amount about the podcast because you've seen Mom and me work on it for a while. So, you know that the the focus of the podcast, what we really love to hear from people is what they see God doing. And now our listeners know a little bit about what your recent experience has been like if they've been listening to the previous episodes with obviously being isolated because of COVID, but on top of that being kind of extra isolated because mom is pretty high risk. In addition to just the isolation, you have been by mom's side for Oh, tons of surgeries this past year, lots of hospital time, lots of recovery time at home and being a caregiver. You are a medical doctor, but it's different when it's your spouse, I'm sure. So that's a little bit of just what your personal life has looked like over the past year, but you can fill us in on anything else that you think is relevant to what you've been seeing God do. Well, you know, I have really loved the concept of this podcast, Emma, where you're looking for seeing what God is doing. Um, That's often 
uh, an unexpected thing. And I think it's a, it's valuable. Uh, one of the disciplines that I've been practicing this year, I, I work uh, pretty heavily with two men uh, and their wives. Uh, Mom and I do. I oversee a, a mission agency area of uh, countries in South Asia. And I have two men that one has half of the area and one has the other half, and I oversee them. And that discipline that I have been practicing and I ask them to practice, and I do it every week, I look for the big wins of the week. And oftentimes, they're not what I have been working on. They're not my goals of that week. They're not what I had planned for. They're things that I see God do, or in his grace, he gave them. Sometimes it's exactly what I'm working on, but more often than not, there's a big win or two, and they give me encouragement, and they give me hope. And so I think that when we look for what God is doing, whether it's what we're expecting or not expecting— it's a tool, it's a resource, it's a gift from God, and it's hope. And uh, it says in the Word that hope is an anchor for our soul. And uh, in some of the dark moments this year, it's hope that has pulled me through it, and I think Mom as well. And so this whole concept of, of seeing God um, is not always in answers uh, for prayers that we have prayed or things that we want, even when we want them in big ways. You know, God says that we can ask, we can seek, we can knock. It's He gives abundantly, uh, far better than we ask, but it's it's looking for that. And along with that, and I'll, I'll probably get to some other areas, uh, but I think my favorite attribute of God is that he's good. That just makes everything right in the world. He's good. And what I want to do is to be confident in his goodness. So that means I'm going to expect to see his goodness, not always to find how I see good. So in expecting to see his goodness, then I look for evidences of that. And so looking for those evidences of his goodness one of the questions is, okay, what's my big wins for the week? There's evidence of his goodness right there. But then in, in different situations that don't seem good, I need to look for evidences of his goodness because he doesn't quit being good when the circumstances aren't or the situation isn't. And so it's been a year of looking for those evidences of seeing lots of answered prayer, but not in the ways that we expected. Mom's illness took a lot of twists and turns this year. And for, for every situation, there always seemed to be a down. There was a negative. There were five surgeries and four complications, and those led to the fifth one, you know, uh, surgery. And and the fifth surgery was a very long haul. Uh, it's the longest uh, that she's been in the hospital, except for when she was sick in 2010. 
those were unexpected and unasked for and really hard. It was hard to watch mom have to go through those things. And, you know, medically speaking, every time you're going to go into a surgery and do it, it takes something out of you. It's like running a long race as far as energy and protein and nutrition and all of those type of things. Plus, anesthetics don't treat your body real well. They sometimes take a long time to get over. And uh, mom had about, uh, she had five major surgeries, but she was in the OR 10 times with anesthesia. And just to watch that and, and watch how hard that was on her, to watch her endurance, to watch her her good spirit in that, and not always a good spirit. Sometimes just a, wow, I just got to keep going. So in the midst of that, seeing good was just sometimes a little thing, not necessarily a success or, or something that uh, we necessarily prayed for. You know, as, as I look back on the year, I think another part of this year you know, looking at the hope, that's really good. Looking at facing fear, I get afraid. I get afraid when things are out of my hands and out of my control. I get afraid when when I see negative consequences. Uh, to For this year, it's been mom's health. We've been 10 years without, you know, something major happening. But even in those times, there things can turn on a dime. And so it's been a year of thinking about what do I do with fear? And I'm not always so good at that. I'll just be real honest with you. This year, because of a lot of reasons, but I've been trying to reflect more and to help me to reflect upon solid things. And so there's, there's, there's two reflection points that I've had this year to help me with fear, uh, to help me live life the way he wants me to live it, I think. And one of them is that I rehearse daily the gospel. And it's grown over nine months so that I rehearse what I see Jesus doing when he becomes a man and he walks with wisdom among us and he walks with care. And, you know, so I rehearse those, those things that he did in his life. I rehearse his confrontation with evil. And that includes his betrayal. And that includes uh, his facing raw evil and hatred and then rehearse his death and his burial and his resurrection according to the scriptures. And I want to have, uh, as our pastor has said, an unrivaled affection for him. And I want to see life through the, the lens of the cross, which is a life of sacrifice. I'm not good at either one of those, but that reflection helps me to to concentrate on that. Um, the other reflection has come about as I've thought through fear. So another portion of my daily quiet time is to rehearse again 
what I know about him in the face of fear. And I know that he's good. I keep coming back to that. I, I love that he's good. And, and there's just so many verses that say he's good. And I know that he's love. So with those two bases, I also know that he has power over life and death. It says in John 5 that he has life in himself, and so does the Father. So he's life. It says in Psalm 139 that he has written our days out for us. So he's determined those things. In Matthew 6, it says, you know, by any effort of yours, you can't add an hour to your life. So there's not something that I'm going to do that can extend things or, or change things. Not that I'm a fatalist. I'm not. I'm just, this is a good and sovereign God who has determined those things. And so what he asks of me is to simply come in faith. He that you know, wants to please God is going to believe that he exists and that he's good. And so simply turning my mind to those basic truths of Scripture, this is not deep theology. This is just basic truths of Scripture. And I need to do that. I need to do it often. I need to do it regularly. I need to make it so that I can, I can rehearse that with you. Um, what I also know is what that gospel work brought out. And what that brought out, there were some definite wins from what Jesus did. And, you know, I, I get to those and I think, wow, this one always amazes me. He defeated death. I just love that. By death, he defeated death. Our sins are forgiven. He shares the Spirit with us. He says the Spirit will be with you and will be in you. And so that means we have daily grace and leading. We have become sons and daughters. We have eternal life. And the last thing is he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. So those are the things that I'm, I'm just trying to get my hands around, my, my mind around, and to turn my heart to that in those times when I'm afraid, and I'm definitely afraid, I have truth to go back to, and I have hope to go back to. And and so in this really hard year, that's, that's kind of where I've been trying to live. Mm. Yeah, that's really interesting that you have been seeing God in who he says he is in the scripture when your circumstances are really particularly challenging that you have been continuing to see him more clearly through focusing on what he's already shown you about himself in the bible it reminds me of that verse that says to set your i'm not sure i'm not sure if it says your thoughts or your your eyes or um what word exactly it used, but on the realities of heaven, on those things that are really true that have already been accomplished. So I wanted to ask you a little bit about what it was like for you. What was your situation when you were watching mom <laughs> endure all of those things? She was in the hospital. What was your situation like? 
Well, uh, the first surgery, uh, we were out in Denver, Colorado, where her specialists are. And uh, uh, it was COVID. It was May. And I couldn't go into the hospital. And so I sat in a hotel room, took walks, talked to a friend or two and my family and waited five days. Uh, Maybe it was more like six or seven. That was hard. The second surgery, because of a complication, that was about uh, four weeks later. And I actually got to be in the hospital with her. And so I thought that was great. I could be there from eight o'clock in the morning till eight at night. And that just became our routine. I would see mom get better. And that was really neat. And then the next surgery was a huge one. And that one, she ended up in the ICU. And that changed that whole routine. I could at least be there. And then the next one was the same thing out in Denver and, you know, could be with her. But when I wasn't with her, I was by myself in a hotel room. And that was by choice. There were people that would have taken me in, but I wanted to be able to see her every day. I didn't want to expose her to anything. Um, She's at really particularly high risk if she would get COVID. And uh, so we were very careful. I learned uh, firsthand the value of a mask and isolation and all those things. I was going to places where COVID hung out. I was in hospitals and hotels. And, you know, God did protect us. I like spending time with your mom. So, you know, that was all good. It was hard to watch her take baby steps after every operation and then build things back up and then go back and have to do it all over again. And it was quite frightening when she developed a wound infection with the same germ in her lungs. And there are no antibiotics that kill this germ. Uh, There are ones that, you know, keep it at bay, but um, they can't kill it. And so it's like cancer. You have to cut everything out. And so it was quite fearful looking at that. And and the, the last large operation she had, a lot of skin and muscle and tissue and bone were removed, you know, and that was just like, oh my word. I think, I think during that time, she again was in an ICU, I was able to be with her, but I think God protected me from the, the magnitude of that. And I was thankful for good doctors who knew what to do. I was thankful for them creating uh, ways to, to care for, for her because it wasn't in the books. And I was thankful to be with her and try to help her. But when we look back at the pictures of that operation, we're just both kind of like, oh my word, that is unbelievable. Every operation was, was back to ground zero in a sense and sit and wait while they're in the OR and then work through getting strong again. And so, yeah, that's, that's hard. It was, it was. And your your mom is um she's a fighter. She is a very godly woman. And uh those two characteristics I think have have really carried her through this. And and again, a lot of downs in there. I'm just kind of hitting a lot of the high points here. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been a lot. When she was not in the hospital, 
And since her last surgery, which was, when was her last surgery? It was in November, early November with the skin graft. I was going to say October. Yeah. So several months now since her last surgery, you guys have still been isolated. You've been at home. Correct. What has that been like? Well, you know, um, I'm really thankful for our mission agency that has allowed me to work virtually this whole time. Uh, Even when mom was in the hospital, my role doesn't stop. Our missionaries get furloughs. In my role, that doesn't happen. We have responsibilities 24-7. It's not like when we were in medicine on call all the time. This is different. It's But things don't go away. Things do need to be taken care of. And there were some deep and heavy issues during that time. How many of our people do we evacuate from countries? How do we do that? Uh, how do we learn to communicate with one another in a different way when we're used to seeing one another? Uh, how do we conduct communications with with our regions and, and our missionaries and those guys I told you about that I work with, you know, on a daily basis. God has blessed our mission organization this year with more missionaries coming into the organization and lots of generous support. Uh, but what that means is my my role, in one sense, expanded with those numbers of missionaries. I also have been involved in a lot of policy um, and process uh, issues and have led a number of groups doing that, and they've allowed me to work virtually. So, you know, I'll see a, a group of people on a screen. Sometimes we're all working virtually, but oftentimes I'm the only one. And they've been so gracious to allow us to do that. So I've been able to continue working. What that means is sometimes it's um, a lot of care and and work combined. There, there was a lot of time when I was, you know, I, I'm not a cook and all that stuff, but people would bring meals or we would get frozen stuff and you girls helped us and, you know, I'm warming stuff up and cleaning stuff up. Well, that's, that's not usually how I spend a lot of my day. Um, and so, you know, all that stuff was new. And I think, again, I'll go back to some disciplines. One of my disciplines is to be refreshed in short bursts during the day. You know, and you're going to think, oh, this guy's with a mission agency, so he probably picks up his Bible and reads it during those times. And, and no, I don't. I'll, I'll play a game on my phone and be refreshed, or I'll read something that is encouraging to me, or, you know, I'll sit down with a television show with my wife and we'll watch that. There's areas that, that I've kind of learned to take 10 minutes away, oftentimes during the day. But the bigger one is that I've been spending time every week in reflection. And that wasn't a discipline that I was really good at before this year. And I don't know that I'm good at it now, but I do it. And it helps me, number one, to have alone time. I think God shows up in those times. It's not like I'm having a conversation with him all the time, but he certainly will put an idea in my mind during those times of reflection and I take some real time to do that. Those are, in a sense, Sabbath rests for me. And we've been able to keep up 
with our church virtually too. So that, you know, that's been our week. It's been learning a different rhythm. In a normal two-month period, mom and I would be at a church, our home church here in, in near the Harrisburg area, maybe three of those Sundays, and we would be traveling the other five, you know, of that eight-week period. And so our rhythm was a lot of travel domestically and internationally. And in this last year, there's been no rhythm of travel. Now, you know, initially, my word, that I was just like, you, you get in rhythms and habits. And I was like, whoa, where's the next plane? And it wasn't coming. You know, it wasn't going to be there. Then mom and I looked forward to this blessing. In a sense, we were home every weekend. We had some more time that was generated for us to be with one another. We practiced social distancing and used masks to see uh, you and your sisters and their husbands and families. And we got a lot of time, even though we couldn't hold each other physically, we had a lot of FaceTime with each other. And so that new rhythm developed. And I think we've been trying to take advantage of that. The other thing, I mean, you know, I've lived a long time here and I'm just coming to realize, and, and, you know, it's not like I haven't taken advantage of these things, okay? But in a new way, I'm seeing the importance of relationships. Here's here's my observation. And I, I do observe people. I watch people. I think they're interesting. I love being around people. But what I have realized is, is when I'm in a mask or not in a mask, what happens is I don't stay six feet away from people. I am leaning in and they're leaning in. And my observation is this, that people yearn for relationships. That makes sense. We have a relational God. People yearn for relationships and want to be close. And so I think this has been not just a year that's been hard on us for a lot of reasons, it's been hard on the world. But what it's shown us is that we are created in God's image for relationships. And that's a truth that we've got to to grasp and hold on to and hold dear and move along, because that's how people come to know the living God is through relationships first with people and then with him who is our fulfiller of those relationships. So I think this has been a, a year of me learning more, even in isolation about relationships. Hmm. That's interesting. So the other thing I wanted to to bring up is that you mentioned that you have been really careful not to expose mom. You've stayed very isolated, but you actually did have COVID recently. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> so talking about fear, <laughs> you know, um, you're in the house with her and you had COVID. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. What was that like? Well, you know, we can't, we can't for the life of us figure out why she didn't get it, but I was exposed either at the hospital during an appointment or at uh, the bank. I had to physically be present for something at the bank. Uh, that was a in time period, not a large exposure, and I wouldn't even thought it was. Uh, the hospital was a lot longer exposure. And 
mom and I both had some what we call prodromal symptoms, you know, like itchy eyes or things like that. You know, you're getting a cold or something like that. And so when that happens to me, I get, I get a lot of sneezing and I start to snore more than I usually do. Okay. So I am convinced I do snore. (laughs) Most men are not convinced of that, but I will, I will bow to that. But anyway, I was, I was bothering mom you know, snoring. And I just got up and moved to another room because we have some other bedrooms and I spent the rest of that night there. And then the next day, um, we actually spent two hours together in the car. Okay. So that's when I was most infective right then. And um, then that evening, my throat really started to feel funny. I was on a long call internationally with Asia till later that evening. And I just looked at mom and said, I'm going to sleep in the other room. I think it's just good. Well, I got chills that night. I woke up with a fever and I said to myself, I think I have COVID. And I was scared. I was scared. The next day, as mom and I talked about it, I said, you know, like, stay out of here. We're, we're wearing masks now within the house. And I went and got tested. Because I figured, okay, I've had a couple days of symptoms, something should show up. My rapid test was negative. And, you know, rapid tests, I think there's a 15% false negative rate. There's also a window of higher positivity, and it's really from day two to five, I think, or something like that. So anyway, I was very assured, and I talked to you on the way home from that that doctor visit, Ems. Yeah. And told you that. Right after that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just, like, really relieved. And so... But I wasn't feeling better. And so whatever I had, I didn't want to expose mom to because, again, any illness is not a good illness for her. And so uh, we stayed apart. Uh, We didn't spend any time with each other. I wore my mask when I was out, you know, used a different bathroom, all that stuff. And like six days later, I'm still having fevers. And fortunately, I had mild symptoms. It, It wasn't like I was having coughing at all. It was a lot of GI symptoms and muscle aches and tiredness. That was, you know, I, I rested that week, but I, I went back and got tested again on that Saturday. And two days later, I found out it was positive. Well, at that point, I'm 10 days into it and not infective. Okay. That, that's really what's happening there. And, but mom went and got tested then. Well, she's negative. So we really waited till I was symptom free. And then it was hard for me, but then I took my mask off and, you know, we're together again. Um, So I look at that one as God really protected us. And he dealt with my fear and anxiety by giving me a negative test. So I wasn't worried I had COVID and a very mild case. Yeah, I mean, I never expected to, to get it. And I had it and praise God, it was mild. And now I've got antibodies and we're going even further than that. I've had a first dose of a vaccine and so's mom and we'll get a second, you know, in another week or so here. And then in two weeks after that, we'll be able to be out again and not isolated. And that is a really neat thought. It's just a really neat thought that we could enter back into in-person uh, activities. Yeah, we're excited about that. 
<laughs> really excited. <laughs> <laughs> so are we. Well, and you had COVID too. I did. Yeah. And thankfully had a very mild case. And similarly, I think having a mild case was for, for me, a kindness from God that um, I'm, you know, I'm due with my third baby in a month. And it's nice to have a little bit less anxiety about maybe getting COVID right before the baby's born or something like that. So obviously, you know, I'm not saying there's a no chance of that happening, but it seems um, a lot less likely. So, and that's nice that it's been similar for you. That's interesting that you said that God gave you that negative test to help ease some of your anxiety while you were going through the worst part of COVID and, you know, still isolating from mom. And then revealed at the end that actually you did have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he knows my personality and he gave me hope. That was what I experienced. And how kind. Yeah. What a note to end on, man. There's so many more things that I would love to ask you, but I have just been sitting here thinking how blessed I am to get to hear right now, but also just through my whole life, the wisdom that you have to share. And a lot of that wisdom coming from obviously the transformation that God has made in your life, but specifically with you, you disciplining yourself in certain ways. You mentioned discipline several times throughout this episode, disciplining yourself to seek God um, intentionally. And that has borne fruit that I have benefited from, and I know the rest of us have. So thanks for sharing that today, but also thanks for sharing that all the time with us, Dad. We really appreciate it. Well, MZ, I, as you said that, I know that that I'm growing, and that is good. I wasn't always sharing these things with you like I should have. Um, I think your mom is our spiritual giant in the family. <laughs> and um, I'm learning. I'm learning. And that is just, that's such a neat thing that, that, that he takes us and he allows us to learn. You know, I'm learning different lessons than you and or mom or your husband, John Reagan or other things, but I'm learning and he's got things to share with me. And um, he's interested in, in, in who I am, you know, wow. Like that's unbelievable, isn't it? It is. It's really cool. Thanks, Dad. It was really fun to have you on, on the podcast this time. Psalm 107 verse 43 says about stories like this, Those who are wise will take all this to heart. They will see in our history the faithful love of the Lord. If you have a story you'd like to share, or you know of someone who does, please go to our website at www.seeinggodpodcast.wordpress.com and click on Submit a Story. God is doing things all over in all of His people, and we want to know about as many stories as possible. So please do go to the website and submit a story. Also, we would love to hear your thoughts on this episode or the podcast in general. You can tweet us at GodSeeing or comment on our Instagram or Facebook pages at Seeing God Podcast. You can also email us at seeinggodpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Emma Moore. Our interviewer is Jan Gebert, and our show music is Siberia by Dmitry Lukyanov. Thanks for listening to this episode of Seeing God. 